When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, welcome to the podcast. In this session, we will cover the powers that govern the mechanism of labor. In other words, we will cover the mechanisms of labor regarding to contraction strength, Montevideo units, and the now obsolete Friedman curve. In our previous session, we covered two of the three P's that govern the mechanisms of labor. We've covered the passenger, which of course is the fetus, and the maternal bony pelvis. In this session, we will cover the powers, dealing mainly with uterine contractions and what defines arrest or dysfunctional labor. Labor is discussed in terms of Montevideo units, which are read by an intrauterine pressure catheter. Montevideo units are a method of measuring uterine contraction frequency and strength. They were first described in 1949 by two physicians from Montevideo, Uruguay. All right, well now a quick part of history before we get into the new revised labor guidelines. In 1955, Emanuel Friedman described the labor of 500 nulliparous women in a convenient sample plotting their labor progress in centimeters of cervical dilation on the y-axis and time on the x-axis, generating a sigmoid-shaped curve. Now this was done at Columbia University in New York. Now this curve, despite its descriptive and non-representative nature, came to define normal labor for close to 60 years. However, starting in 2002 with publications by Zhang and others, the data was clear that the Friedman curve may be obsolete. This came to a head in 2014 when the American College of OBGYN officially declared the Friedman curve obsolete in their Obstetrical Care Consensus Bulletin number 1 on the safe prevention of the primary C-section again in March of 2014. All right, so here's how the labor progress, the mechanisms of labor have changed and what has not changed. What has not changed is the basic designation of the terms. In other words, the first stage of labor is still from 0 centimeters until 10 centimeters. The second stage of labor is still from 10 centimeters until complete fetal delivery. And the third stage of labor is the delivery of the afterbirth or placental delivery or expulsion. What has changed, however, is the length of time allowed per each stage, specifically for the first stage and for the second stage, and when active labor actually begins. All right, so let's review that once again. According to the original Friedman data, the first stage of labor, again from 0 to 10 centimeters, was divided into two phases a latent phase, and an active phase of labor. The active phase of labor, according to the original Friedman data, began at 4 centimeters and led to rapid, predictable cervical change of 1.5 centimeters per hour in multigravitas and 1.1 centimeters per hour in primogravitas until 10 centimeters. 
However, in 2014, the definition of the entrance into the active phase changed from 4 centimeters, pushing it back down to 6 centimeters. Once again, according to 2014, the active phase of labor is now at 6 centimeters and progresses until 10. Okay, when we come back after this quick little break, we're going to review the highlights of the 2014 new definitions of labor for labor management. All right, well, let's do this as a rapid-fire review of the new labor guidelines which obliterated the old Friedman curve. According to ACOG, the first stage of labor has a latent phase from zero up to six centimeters. According to the college, a prolonged latent phase, which is greater than 20 hours in nulliparous women and greater than 14 hours in multiparous women, should not be indication for cesarean delivery alone. Slow but progressive labor in the first stage should not be an indication for cesarean delivery either. According to the college for the first stage of labor, cervical dilation of 6 centimeters is the threshold for the active phase of labor in most women. Before 6 centimeters of dilation is achieved, standards of active phase progress should not be applied. According to the college, cesarean delivery for active phase arrest in the first stage of labor should be reserved for women at or beyond 6 centimeters with ruptured membranes who fail to progress despite 4 hours of adequate uterine contractions that's defined as greater than 200 Montevideo units per 10 minutes per the 4 hours or at least six hours of oxytocin administration with inadequate uterine contraction or no cervical change. So let's review that. The definition of arrest of labor is six centimeters dilation with ruptured membranes who fail to progress with four hours of adequate contractions, that's 200 Montevideo units per 10 minutes per hour for the entire duration of four hours, or six hours of lack of cervical change despite Pitocin augmentation. Next, regarding the second stage of labor, according to the college, a specific absolute maximum length of time spent in the second stage of labor, again, from 10 centimeters dilation to complete fetal expulsion, beyond which all women should undergo operative delivery, has not been identified. Additionally, the college does not separate active pushing from passive descent in the length of time allowed for second stage. Now, before diagnosing arrest of labor in the second stage, according to the college, if the maternal and fetal conditions permit, then it's advised to allow at least two hours of pushing in multiparous women and at least three hours of pushing in nulliparous women. That's a change from the Friedman curve because this new recommendation adds an hour to the length of time allowed for pushing. According to the college, longer durations may be appropriate. An additional hour can be thought of as appropriate in women who have regional anesthesia, that's an epidural, and as long as the fetal status is reassuring, allowing an extra hour is advised. Okay, so let's summarize the changes for second stage. According to the Friedman curve, pushing was allowed for multi-pairs women for one hour extended to two hours with an epidural. But the new guidelines now start at two hours for multi-pairs women and can extend to three hours with an epidural. 
Similarly, for the old Friedman data, Nola Paris women were allowed to push for two hours, extended to an extra hour for three hours with an epidural. But the new guidelines now start at three hours and allow an additional hour to four hours if an epidural is in place. According to the college, no change in the time allowance for the third stage of labor has changed. Once again, the third stage of labor is from delivery of the baby until spontaneous complete expulsion and delivery of the placenta and its membranes. The time allowed for this is still 30 minutes, after which a prolonged third stage of labor can be diagnosed. Alright, well that wraps up our quick review of the changes that made the Friedman Curve now obsolete and have been replaced by the new labor guidelines by the college from 2014. We'll see you next time.